On this week's episode, we're stepping into one of the most magical areas of the parks where storybook fairy tales come to life and princesses roam. Fantasyland is home to some of the most cherished stories and characters, along with some of the classic rides that we all know and love. Tasty treats are sprinkled like fairy dust throughout this land, and we'll talk about them all. We'll also be playing a themed game of fact or fantasy, where we try to stump each other with fact or fiction about fantasy land. Stay tuned for all this and more on this week's episode of Body by Beignets, where Disney does a body good. another episode of Body by Beignets. We missed you guys. We decided to take a break for the new year just to kind of regroup and we are back and ready to go. I'm Sheena. This is Shelby. And today we're going to talk about one of the OG lands in Disneyland Magic Kingdom. This is the land that represents really to me the magic that Walt was trying to portray, you know what I mean, in his original park. So today we are talking about Fantasyland. Woo! Yeah, so... Insert fairy noises here. And (laughs) (laughs) When I think of Fantasyland, obviously the first thing that pops into my head is the castle. Because, you know, the castle is the weenie of the land. The weenie. I originally thought it was called the wiener. It's the weenie, which I mean, same thing. (laughs) Right. But, you know, the weenie, the thing that entices you to come to that place, I guess, is is Disney lingo for, uh, you know, whatever the main attraction is that like catches your eye and draws you to that particular location. So the weenie of Fantasyland would be the castle, obviously. You were saying that that goes back to because I didn't know this either until (laughs) you were telling me. The, at first you were saying the wiener and I thought that yeah. was so freaking funny. <laughs> the wiener, but, weenie, same thing. <laughs> but it's like when you're trying to draw in a horse, right? Uh-huh, yeah. And you dangle the okay. carrot, you're dangling the weenie. I and mean, I mean, it I would clearly works. I would a carrot, so. But <laughs> <laughs> a bunch. <laughs> Family-friendly pod. I know. Yes. Hey. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> on that note. On that note. Yeah. So a little bit of the history and the attractions behind Fantasyland. So at Disneyland, like Sheena said, it was one of the original lands. Um, And I do think that it's like where all the storybook characters come to life and all the princesses and it does. It just feels like the most magical area to me. Oh, definitely. It's the one where you feel the most like a kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but, you know, I totally revert back to, like, five-year-old Sheena when I see a princess and she waves at me and I'm like, oh, my God, Mm -hmm. Ariel waves to me. You fangirled hard over Ariel when we went for our cousin's bachelorette. Well, okay, so I Disney bounded as Ariel, and if any of you don't know what Disney bounding is, it's like you dress not exactly like the character, but like you pull like colors and themes. So I had like a purple tank top and I had made this um, sparkly seashell kind of like sports bra. And so obviously I wasn't going to walk around a kid's theme park in, you know, a seashell <laughs> bra. <laughs> um, oh, then I on. had, 
<laughs> I had a green shorts and then I had like a big red flower in my hair. So I was representing Ariel and we were all trying to find our princesses in the park to take a picture with. And I just love the characters in the park and how well they, you know, stay in character and they make it so Mm -hmm. magical. And even though obviously I'm an adult and she was like, Oh my goodness, you wore your human legs today. And I was like, yes, I did. You guys, I thought, I thought Shana was going to pass out. (laughs) (laughs) She also told me how beautiful my hair was and that I must've used my dingle hopper. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I did. I totally did. You're right. I did. (laughs) So yeah, there's just something really magical about fantasy land. I love it. I know. That's why. So we'll talk about the fantasy fair in the Royal hall, but next time we go, I don't really, I haven't really been in there. Yeah, no, I, I don't to, think so. I need to find Belle next time I'm there. Cause I've yeah. never met Belle at the parks. Belle doesn't really walk around like a lot of the other characters do. And Mm-mm. I mean, hopefully once Disneyland does open. I'm assuming they'll open when everything pretty much is safe, considering they're not open now. Right. So I'm hoping when they do reopen, a lot of those like meet and greets will be in place since hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, we will be done with this COVID nonsense. So I'm like, do I need to get an autograph book for when they reopen? (laughs) (laughs) I need to start getting character autographs. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so funny. No, I was listening to another Disney podcast, uh, Bob Sleds and Banthas. And one of the guys on there, um, Scott Storm, I believe. So I'm sorry, Scott, if I'm saying this wrong, but he used to be Prince Charming. And he was talking about how like people would come up to you with random things to sign, like a, a gum wrapper or... Like mm-hmm. a candy wrapper with like a fat crayon. And he's like, how, how am I supposed to like sign, sign this? And I know you're not going to keep a candy wrapper. So like, yes, if you're going to get autographs, be prepared. That's so funny to me that it's like, they're like celebrities. I know. And you know, like I, obviously if I was like out to dinner and I saw like JLo or Jennifer Aniston, I'd have them sign whatever I could. It's true. But it's like at Disneyland, I'm like. Like I'll take yeah. a snapshot of you or whatever, but you know, well, I think when we were kids, we were obviously, right. you know, more into that, but, um, it's true. Yeah. No, I think it's really cute. I love it. So going back to, um, the feel and the look of fantasy lands so over at Disneyland, they originally started with a Renaissance style, which I think is super interesting. Um, and then in 1983, they changed it to theme after a Bavarian village, mm-hmm. but they wanted to keep the decor generic enough that you could fit it into most stories. So when you look around, it could you could think of a French town for Beauty and the Beast, or it could look like a little village from the Scottish Highlands for Brave. And they wanted it to be, you know, generic enough to where you could see yourself in all of these different stories and not just one. And I think it fits too with like the outside of all the dark rides. Like if you look at the outside of Peter Pan's flight, you can kind of get, oh, okay. I could be in a little English town. Or mm-hmm. if you look at, you know, Snow White, you're like, okay, I could be, you know, so I think they yeah. did a good job with it. Well, for whatever reason, I guess I didn't realize it was a Bavarian village, but like there's that specific architecture that when you see it, you automatically think storybook. It doesn't mm-hmm. take you to like Germany, right? Isn't Snow White German? Isn't that like a German thing? I, think I so. feel like it is. Um, but yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
Um, but I feel like that storybook architecture could take you to really any location. And I know mm-hmm. even now, if I'm like driving or walking and I pass a house that has that similar architecture, I'm like, oh, it's like Disney fantasy land, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't think of a specific location. So like almost like Snow White's Cottage, I think of yeah. what I see. I know the style of house you're thinking. It's like with the darker trim and like the stonework and stuff. Yeah. And there's it's a certain like type a fantasy of land cottage. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I, I mean, so they redid it in 1983, but over in Walt Disney World, they still have a very heavy Renaissance theme. They have a lot of those facades that have, you know, like the flags and the different things. But with their expansion that they did, um, you know, they have Beast's Enchanted Forest and the castle, and then they have the storybook circus area. So I feel like those kind of branch off from that original Renaissance theme. So I'm curious mm-hmm. if in the future, Walt Disney World will do an overhaul of that, kind of like that front section, you know, before you start venturing off into the newer parts, if maybe they'll do a right. like, Bavarian style. But for now, it's still the Renaissance theme. So yeah. Yeah. Which I still think gives the storybook feel. Yeah. Well, yeah. I want to say it's like right similar. Yeah, it's similar, I feel like, enough, but I do see the differences. So mm-hmm. I, I I would almost want them to keep it so that you have something different for both. Yeah, no, that's true. But Yeah, I like both. Yeah, me too. So in the right in the center of Fantasyland and Disneyland, we have King Arthur's Carousel. And that's where they have the sword in the stone. And every so often a cast member, Merlin, comes out and helps a kid pull the sword out. I have actually never been there when they've pulled the sword out. Yeah, no, me neither. But I think it's, I, I'm sure it's one of the best experiences ever for that child. For sure. I I can see myself, like, mom used to take tons of pictures when we were in the parks, obviously. And there's a picture of me really little, like, trying to pull the sword I mean, I assume if I would have pulled it, she would have told me because I don't remember. So maybe we can find that vintage uh, photo and post it on our Instagram. So, yes. Yeah. I just feel like the little things that they do like that throughout the parks, especially for, I mean, I know it's magical for us too, but Mm -hmm. for kids, it just makes it so much more special. I know it's not, I don't think I've shared this on here and I know it's not fantasy land, but did you guys know that I actually opened up Walt Disney World once? Yeah, I did. I remember that. Yeah, I I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, okay, so we're uh, like nine and a half years apart, guys. So when we went to Walt Disney World, when Shelby was little, I was almost 15 and Shelby was five. And so she, obviously she was like prime age for doing that kind of thing. I was so jealous. <laughs> I was I was very... I, was I feel like I would 1000% <laughs> be jealous. But they like... They had me, oh, I, it's, I remember bits and pieces because it was so long ago, but I do remember they played like, um, like the fairy sounds and like, mm-hmm. I was like waving a they wand. They gave you a wand, some sort of wand. I don't know. And I think you got to keep it. I, I'm not I probably positive, did. but I think you, yeah, you got to keep it. And I was super, I was very happy for you, Shelby. Which now, <laughs> now looking back on it, I'm like, I should have paid more, yeah. you know, attention to that wand because I that wand is long gone. For sure. Well, I mean, you were five and I'm sure that you didn't really pay much attention. And you know, when mom goes through her things where she goes through all the toys that you don't touch and gets rid of them in garbage bags. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> even though even though I opened the park, dad dad said that to a cast member too because they wouldn't let me go on Space Mountain because I wasn't tall enough. Yeah. And he was like, she opened the parks. You need to let her on Space Mountain. <laughs> oh, dad. So, but yeah, just like experiences like that for kids, I think is what makes it. Um, like I know we had talked about like the whole, you know, sprinkling pixie dust or not pixie dust, but yeah, the cast member can sprinkle pixie dust. The fairies mm-hmm. don't, but you can have a cast member, even if you're adult. Yeah. They're in Pixie Hollow. Yeah. So, so it's just stuff I, like that. Yeah. So if you're an adult and you want that and you don't, obviously the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique is for kids and they do the pixie dust at the end. But if you're an adult, you can go in Walt Disney World to um, this place called Castle Couture and you can tell the cast member that you want some pixie dust and they will take you outside and um, do some magical well wishes for you and then sprinkle pixie dust over you. So even as an adult, just love you can, that. You can adult. I know. It's just so sweet. Catch me and Shana at Castle Couture in April. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'll be there. <laughs> I mean, I'm dressing as, I'm not dressing as Cinderella, but like I have a Cinderella theme to my outfit. So, I mean, I need, I need some, some sparkle and pixie dust in my life. Mm-hmm. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so continuing on with the attractions, we have, of course, in Fantasyland is the home of the dark rides. So we have over at Disneyland, they have the Alice in Wonderland attraction. And next to that, we have the Mad Tea Party, which I know a lot of people love. I love the aesthetic of the Mad Tea Party. Mm-hmm. Don't like the way the actual teacups make me feel. Yeah. No, I think it it looks beautiful. It adds beautiful motion and energy to the land, especially at night when all those multicolored lanterns are lit. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely gorgeous. But... Oh gosh, I couldn't tell you the last time, probably when my kids were little, because you know, kids want to go on that. And then of course they want to spin as fast as possible. And I, yeah, I just don't enjoy throwing up at a theme park. So no. And once I'm nauseous, I'm nauseous for a long time. Yeah. And there's so much good food to eat there. You just don't want to ruin it. So yeah. And then I know people say, okay, well, you don't have to spin the middle thing. No, even without spinning that, it spins for me. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree hundred percent. No, already too much. Going, continuing on with the dark rides, we have Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, which I have a lot to say about. <laughs> yeah. Um, scary ride. It is scary. So they changed Snow White. So Snow White's was Scary Adventures, and it changed to Enchanted Wish. And I know people were saying because Snow White was previously too scary. Mm-hmm. Um, no. They need to take a look at Mr. Toad's. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. Like a witch in the forest, you know, okay, par for the course for, you know, a fantasy fairy tale or whatever. But yeah, going to hell in a children's. Straight like, up. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's interesting trying to describe to your kids why, why Mr. Toad went to hell. So yeah. Well, like I was that. telling Sheena last, last time we were there with her boys, I sat with her oldest who is 14 now. I don't know how old he was probably like 11 or 12 when we went on that trip. I think it was about no, two, three years ago. Thir- yeah, I guess, man. Yeah, oh. I know. Yeah. It's it was the opening time. of Pixar pier. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, it was 2018. So two years ago. So yeah, okay. he would have been 12. So he was 12 mm-hmm. and I was sitting next to him on Mr. Toad's and he had never been on it before. And we're going through the ride and just the look on his face the whole time. And then we got off. And the minute he looked at me, he was like, Shelby. I was like, yes, cool. He goes, okay, pardon my language, but did we just go to hell? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we very much so did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, that seems really scary for a Disneyland ride. I was like, I know that's what I've been saying. 
I know. And, you know, the ride obviously was based off of Wind in the Willows as part of that, you know, the story with uh, Ichabod and Sleepy Hollow and all of that. But I have not actually watched it. So I'm not sure if in that cartoon he does go to hell at some point. So that is something I have to look up on Disney Plus. So when yeah. check that out and see it because if, you know, the Imagineers just took a liberty and created that, it's just very interesting to me. That, that was that was a bold move yeah. if that wasn't included in the original story. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look into that too. Um we also have the Infamous Peter Pan's flight always has a super long line. Mm-hmm. Been forever since I've been on Peter Pan's flight. I would love yeah. to go on it. And I know Sheena is saying that maybe next time we go, we always rope up a action like Indiana Jones, which we prefer to hit before it breaks down for the day because it it always always does. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe next time we go, if we're there for you know two or three days, we can rope drop Peter Pan Peter Pan's flight one time because it's been so long since I've been on it and I remember loving it but Mm -hmm. yeah no I do like it as far as uh dark rides go I like it because it's a different type of vehicle to where you know you're in the the flying ship instead of on the ground you know so like it's cool to Mm -hmm. see stuff down below and I know that they added a lot of details to the Disneyland version at least um I didn't go to the one in Walt Disney World but where they added you know the different LED lighting and Mm -hmm. the scene with like the cars in London and added more like pixie dust magic. So, I mean, it definitely is one of the nicer ones, although I feel like it's not super smooth on that track. Like I feel like when I've been in the boat, it's very kind of jerky, you know what I mean? It's not one of my, I know it's probably not a popular opinion, but it's not one of my favorite fantasy land rides Um, that would go to Alice in Wonderland. But I definitely see the appeal of it. Yeah, I do agree. It's not one of my top top rides for sure. Mm-hmm. But I do appreciate the detailing Yeah, that they added. Yeah, and I heard that the queue is really good in Walt Disney World. So when we go in April, we'll have to pay attention to that. Yeah. We also have Dumbo, which is classic for the little ones. I remember dad waited in line with me for like two Forever. hours yeah. just to sit on a elephant that was going around in a circle (laughs) he was so annoyed (laughs) well when you can't go on a lot of other things you know what I mean it's yeah you wait in line for those rides but yeah no I know Sheena and mom went and did like we did other things that you Uh couldn't yeah make up for the fact that I didn't get to open the park so there you go there you go yeah there you go she's still holding on to I shouldn't have brought it up I'm so sorry (laughs) it's fine I'm gonna let it go it's fine it was 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, gosh. We also have, of course, Small World, which is in the, well, in Disneyland, it's in the back of Fantasyland. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the Matterhorn, uh, Pinocchio's Daring Journey, which is another dark ride. I think that one's really cute. I like that I, one. I do like Pinocchio, yeah. Um, Pixie Hollow, where you can meet Tinkerbell and all of her fairy friends. The storybook canal boats, which I love. It's a very simple ride. I know a lot of like your boys would probably think it was super boring now, but yeah, right now I think that this is not the ideal time. So like I feel kids who are really young 
like it and appreciate it because you know you're in a boat and you get to see all the different fairy book or fairy tale lands and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and as an adult, you appreciate it because it's just it's miniature and you appreciate the detail that went into it. But yeah, I feel like the teenage crowd. This is maybe not not the not ride. the top choice. No, yeah. And then we have, uh, we talked about Snow White, so they changed it to Enchanted Wish. And have you um, seen the the different things that have been released from that ride, Shelby? Um, I've seen snippets here and there of yeah, it. It looks so cute. And Dopey was always my favorite in that. And they have like a scene where it's an, I want to say it's a Dopey animatronic maybe where he has the diamonds in his eyes and you can see mm-hmm. like his ears and super cute. I'm excited. He is cute. I love Dopey. Um, although they did, I always thought, I think they took it out, but there was one part in that ride where it's like, it was snow white and she was like standing in the corner mm-hmm. and you like go past her, but the animatronic, I know she wasn't supposed to look scary, but the animatronic always creeped me out. And me and my friends were in the car and the ride got stopped. And we were in that room, literally right next to the scary <laughs> snow white animatronic. And she was like hanging over our cart. <laughs> I was like, mm. Not a fan. Not quite as magical. Well, her new one where she's kind of dancing around looks really cute. So hopefully they replaced it. Yeah. Uh, Last couple of things in Disneyland's fantasy. We have the Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough, um, which is where you can go. I believe it's to the, like, if you're walking through the front of the castle, it's to the left. There's like a little, little hall that you go through and it takes you and it takes you through the story of Sleeping Beauty. Mm -hmm. Um, which I learned they closed down for a few years in the early 2000s um, after the terrorist attacks on 9-11 because it was such a small enclosed space and they didn't want to increase the risk of um, anything nefarious happening down there, I guess. So they which closed crazy. it down. If I think of like any place where something would go down, I don't, that's not a place that pops into my mind, but maybe that's why, because I would think, Nothing of it. So, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Interesting. Yeah. And then last but not least, we have the Fantasy Fair. So they that includes the Royal Hall and the Royal Theater. This is back towards the area that's kind of like when you're walking between Fantasyland and heading to Toontown. And that's where they have um, the Royal Theater. So they do Mickey and the – is it Magical Map? Mickey and the Magical yeah, Map they show? Did. Hopefully they yeah. bring it back, yeah. And then uh, the Royal Hall is where the – princesses that you don't see walking through the parks usually hang out and you can see them all in there like they're really nice dresses and stuff that they wear to like the ball and at the end of the movies when they're looking all pretty and dressed up yeah yeah oh so fun well at uh, magic kingdom um it's definitely not an exact replica of disneyland starting with the castle so um the cinderella castle was sketched by the same man herb ryman who sketched Sleeping Beauty, but obviously did it on a much, much, much grander scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why they did it so much bigger at Magic Kingdom other than maybe because they had so much more land to work with. So everything was scaled bigger, like the buildings down Main Street. And, you know, there's just so much more space in between each of the lands. So I don't know, maybe because everything is spaced out, the castle just needed to be bigger. I mean, yeah. that's that's my assumption. I'm not really sure. Um, but I think it's cool that it was sketched by the same person. So it still has the same kind of magic. And you can actually go inside um, Cinderella Castle for two reasons. Well, one of them, you don't just get to decide. Like, you have to be chosen. But the Cinderella's Dream Suite. Oh. 
I know, right? So like for the year of a million dreams, they had opened up the Cinderella dream suite. And I want to say on TikTok recently, Disney Parks did kind of a walkthrough of the dream suite and it looks insane. The bathroom? I know. How it has like the sparkling. golden toilet or something? It is. And then the bathtub is like this huge tub and it's surrounded by three different stained glass windows. And the, the ceiling is like, sparkling like stars so if you turn the lights off to take a bath it sparkles like you're outside oh my gosh i need to do that in my own home <laughs> be like I need, I need, <laughs> right I need stars above the bathtub like give it a magical feel <laughs> and um, a golden toilet <laughs> yeah and then um something more accessible for everyone obviously would be a uh, cinderella's royal table restaurant so you can go in for two different experiences because obviously it's a a lot larger of a castle. Whereas Sleeping Beauty, it's just kind of that, that walkthrough, which is still really fun. I do like doing the Sleeping Beauty walkthrough. So Mm -hmm. that's cool. We already talked about, um, Magic Kingdom still has a little bit more of that Renaissance feel. And on opening day, they started with, um, they didn't call it Prince Charming Carousel. They called it Cinderella's Golden Carousel. Um, they also had Peter Pan's Flight, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, uh, The Skyway to Fantasyland, The Mad Tea Party, It's a Small World, and Dumbo. So a lot of the things that they still have now, they had opening day, which is really fun. Um, mm-hmm. But of course, everything's been revamped and like the magic has been added to make them more updated. So I right. like that. I like that they do that. I know sometimes people get upset when they go back and you know change things for an OG ride, but I just feel like if they want to keep um, pulling in younger audiences, they have to add in that new type of technology, you know, to keep things fresh and interesting. So, right. But I feel like they don't so much to where it's like not nostalgic anymore. Yeah, exactly. It just has better technology to where it, it looks more visually appealing, I guess. Right. Um, and I know that it's a small world, just got a whole facade update. So I'm excited to see what that looks like, although nothing can compare to Disneyland. It's a small mm-hmm. world because that facade is incredible. The the golden white with the clock face. It's just yeah. it's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, in 1985, Tinkerbell made her first flight from the top of Cinderella Castle during the 4th of July festivities. So at Disneyland, Tinkerbell would fly down from the top of the Matterhorn to kind of kick off the fireworks show. Um, But in Magic Kingdom, she flies from the top of Cinderella Castle, obviously, so because it's taller. Um, But what I found interesting is the the line that she kind of flies down on is not very steep. So whoever is, whoever Tinkerbell happens to be needs to have um, a lot of upper body strength. So sometimes there will be male Tinkerbell characters who have to do this job because they have to have that upper body strength to really pull their weight down that line so that they don't get stuck in the middle. Like, can you imagine how traumatizing that would be? Like watching, oh, there's Tinkerbell and magic. And then she gets like stuck. No, there would 1000% be me. And somebody has to come and like bring a ladder, like pull her down the rest of the way. And I picture it too, like being like, as they're like, (laughs) (laughs) and she just has like an upset. Oh, you know, it'd be perfect though, to stay in characters. You know how Tinkerbell always like crosses her, you know, makes that mad face and crosses Mm -hmm. her arms and stuff. She could totally do that. Like 
you know, like yes. staying character. But yeah, so I love that. I do think that's um, interesting because I don't know what I thought before you told me that what I thought if it was like more of like a zip line situation, mm-hmm. but I guess because they want to keep it more simple. So it looks like she's flying mm-hmm. or he, so it looks like Tinkerbell, we'll just call him Tinkerbell is yeah. flying. <laughs> so they can't have like a full, you know, zip line situation going on. Yeah, no, they can't. So I, yeah, yeah that couldn't be me. They'd be like, Oh, you can't even do a pull up. Like you're not going to be able to hoist yourself across this 70 foot line. Uh, yeah, no, same, same here. Yeah. Um, uh, one fun thing in 1996, Cinderella Castle transformed into a giant pink birthday cake for its 25th birthday, which um, a lot of people were not thrilled with because it looked so um, garish and cartoony, but I've seen pictures of it and I love it. I thought it looked so cool. It reminded me of Candyland. So I think it's adorable. It kind of reminds me, I think it would work great for, um, like Wreck-It Ralph. It yes. reminds me of, um, yeah. like the vanilla candy sweets and the, mm-hmm. the game she was in. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but they won't be bringing that back this year for the 50th. Um, they have done a new paint job and added Rose, rose gold to the castle to where it definitely looks more like sleeping beauty castle and once again a lot of people were annoyed but i think you know you can't please everybody unfortunately so i think it looks beautiful the new paint job so that's um yeah really nice and let's see in 2012 the new Fantasyland expansion happened in Walt Disney World, where they added 26 acres of land, um, which included an interactive queue in Winnie the Pooh, which is just so stinking cute. I love it the is. Winnie the Pooh ride. And it's I adorable. love that's one of the things I love about Magic Kingdom is they have so many interactive queues, which I really wish Disneyland would kind of bring in. Mm-hmm. I feel like Indy is one of the only ones at Disneyland where you can like touch things and stuff happens. Yeah, I agree. Um, but no, I really love that. So they did that. Um, they created the story bus, story bus, <laughs> storybook circus um, area that included an extra Dumbo. So now there are two Dumbos for that attraction. Not two Dumbos, but like two actual, mm-hmm. I don't know, spinning things. Um, spinning things. You know. <laughs> Our professional terminology here. <laughs> Um, but they have that, they have Casey Jr. Splash and Soak section. Um, so it's really fun under like a big top circus tent feel. And they have like a treats area and a really cool interactive queue to where like, if dad was waiting with you in line again, he wouldn't have to just stand in line. Like kids can run around and play. And then when it's your Mm -hmm. turn, you can just get on the ride. So I think that that is genius, especially having to entertain kids in the past in line. It can be rather tricky. So I think that that's a great idea. They also added the Barnstormer Kitty Coaster, which reminds me a lot of Goofy Sky School in DCA. And that is just kind of randomly placed with Goofy. Like, why are we putting random Goofy things? Like, (laughs) it's not... It's not even like fantasy. It's not like Goofy's even dressed like a knight or something. You know what I mean? Like, no. it's a barn. It's barnstormer. And, and a I do. Like, I don't get it. I think I don't, it's kind of disrespectful to Goofy, I feel I like. Just like, just throw Goofy in here. Like, no, well, let's no. Let's just drop Goofy wherever he can fit. And it's like, <laughs> at least make thing right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't, if anybody who's listening to this knows more about why barnstormer 
is there and created and how it fits with fantasy land, you know, reach out to us, let us know. But uh, yeah, I have no clue. Um, But it is a good like beginning coaster for like those kiddos who are ready to do something a little more adventurous than dark rides, but they're not quite ready yet for space mountain or something of that caliber. You know what I mean? So yeah, there's that. It does have its, its good points. Um, But enchanted tales with bell opened under the Sea Journey of the Little Mermaid opened and the Be Our Guest restaurant opened. So that's super exciting. In 2012, they had a lot of really, really fun, neatly themed things. And I, I've i never been to the Be Our Guest restaurant. I know when we talk about it, you'll give your you know two cents on how you thought it was. But to me, mm-hmm. it, looks, it looks really great. I think they did the theming um, incredibly well, the inside, like that stained glass window, it literally looks just like the cartoon. So it's absolutely gorgeous. So yeah, when we talk about our restaurants, I'll talk more about it. Um, but I think so their cue for the journey to the little mermaid, Mm -hmm. 10 times better, a hundred times better than the one in DCA. Yeah. See, we had talked about the one at DCA before and how it's just like not that great, but maybe if the queue were better, it would make up for the lackluster ride itself. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. I just, the queue, it's like you're walking through like the rocks and there's like seashells all on the ground and there's like a little water area. And I don't know, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. So Mm -hmm. I do, I, I always appreciate a good queue. Yeah. Well, Magic Kingdom definitely has the upper hand on the, the good queues. I think. Yeah. Um, and then in 2014, the Seven Dwarves Mine Train opened. So that is still one of the the top rides. It's super hard to get fast pass for that. That's one that the line gets super long. Um, when I had gone last October, Cole and I did not want to wait in a 75 minute line to mm-hmm. ride, you know, seven or the yeah, Seven Dwarves Mine Train. But it also rained on an awful lot that day. And because the track is outdoors, it shuts down in the rain. So it yeah, made yeah. it very difficult to ride that attraction. So I am still waiting to try it. So I'm excited about that. I want to do that in April. And luckily we have two Magic Kingdom days. So fingers yeah. crossed, I'll get out at one of those days. It is, it's a fun one. Um, I will say if we're going for like, a roller coaster going through a mountain slash rocks hundred mm-hmm. percent prefer big thunder. Yeah. And I think they missed out on a lot of theming for seven dwarves mine train. They have yeah. a gorgeous scene where it's like, you're going through the mine and you know, all the gemstones and the dwarves and everything. Um, but after that, pretty much not a whole lot of theming until you get to the end and you pass by Snow White's with the dwarves and you don't even see like a big Snow White. You can see her like through the window of the cottage. So it's like a very minimal, I don't know. I thought the theming could have been a little bit better than what it was. Done using more from, from that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll have to try it and see what I think. But It's fun though. And I like how the cars kind of swing because the way that yeah, they swing a little bit, and so it mm-hmm. makes it feel different than a normal roller coaster, which I do like that. I think yeah. I was just disappointed a little bit in the theming. I just wish it would have been more. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty short, too. So if you're mm-hmm. waiting 75 minutes to get onto a ride that lasts, like, 90 seconds, it's kind of disappointing. So, yeah. Yeah. But, all right, let's play a game called Instead of Fact or Fiction. Today it's going to be called Fact or Fantasy, since you Ooh. know fantasy land um so yeah i'm gonna start first here we go all right shelby 
Factor Fantasy, Matterhorn opened on June 14, 1959 as one of the first two e-ticket attractions. What's a fact? Wah, wah, it's fantasy. The way so, the cracks feel? Well, no. It feels so, like it's- <laughs> so that is fact that it did open that day, but it wasn't one of two e-ticket. It was one of three e-ticket attractions, which included... Matterhorn, the Voyage of the Submarines, and the Monorail. So all three of oh, okay. those things had opened that year and all together. Okay. So they were the first three e-tickets. So yeah. I love that the monorail was an e-ticket. <laughs> I mean, I I still love the heck out of the monorail. So yeah. Well, and I think too, it was super exciting. And and even now, I think it's the only one in the Western the you know, the Western part of the world that has a monorail, right? I feel like that was the thing. Like it's the only monorail other than, you know, obviously Disney world, but other than that, you cannot find a monorail type transportation vehicle anywhere. So it was now just that like, you say that I, I think that's accurate. Yeah. So I've never seen anything like it anywhere else. So no. So there you go. You take right. it. <laughs> Let's see. So my first one, fact or fantasy, the drawbridge on Sleeping Beauty Castle does not actually move. That is fantasy. It does mm-hmm. actually move. And they- They've only lowered it twice. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. on opening day, correct. And then when they mm-hmm. rechristened the land in the 1980s, right? The fantasy land, they opened it again at that point? In 1983. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I would love to see it move, but. Yeah. I bet because it doesn't move very often, it's probably pretty, uh, pretty rickety. So. Imagine how noisy it is. I know. And every time they're probably like, please make it. Please right? make it down. Please don't, don't break. Don't get stuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number two, factor fantasy. Mr. Toad was an opening attraction at both Disneyland and Magic Kingdom. Opening attraction. I'm going to say fact, but it's no longer at Disney World. It was replaced by Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, you're correct. Well done. Yes. So the they kept it at Disneyland, but it did get kind of like a rehaul. I guess when they first started it, like you went into some type of Renaissance tent situation oh. but then with the whole like fantasy land makeover obviously it got its own new bavarian style um, mm-hmm. elevation on the front and everything um but yeah it's pretty much uh the same ride as it was and yeah a lot of people were sad when it got removed from magic kingdom but there is a nod to mr toad in the winnie the pooh ride so you'll have to look for that the next time you ride it oh is there there is I did not know that. Yeah, I think it's Mr. or Winnie the Pooh is handing, no, 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 Mr. Toad is handing the deed over to Winnie the Pooh. Oh, I know. Oh, stop that. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll have to look. Love it. (laughs) All right. So, my next one fact or fantasy in Disneyland, despite where their entry and queue areas are. Alice in Wonderland is actually built directly above Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. That is fact. Yes, and that blew my mind. 
mm-hmm. when I read that because they're the entrances are so far from each other. They are, but you know what's so funny is I've my son Cole and I we love watching the different videos of like ride throughs and ride POVs and stuff, and we watch where they break down. And one of them had um, a breakdown of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, and people were evacuating, but because the music wasn't playing, you could hear the Cheshire Cat talking because that room was right above. Yeah. So that's funny. Yeah. It's really cool how they overlap. And I guess, um, the hell room where they have some sort of heater or something had gotten stuck. There was an issue and it was getting overly hot and the heat was rising into the Alice in Wonderland attraction. So they had to close both attractions until they could get it figured out. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Can you imagine being in like the flower area of Alice in Wonderland? You're like, why is it like why stifling so in here? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, a green room, right? You know, they just which have- is so crazy to me. When I read that, I was like, no way. But I guess it makes sense because Alice in Wonderland is the only like two story um, dark ride attraction. Yeah, and so I'm like, well, they had to capitalize on that space underneath it somehow. Yeah, so- that's true. Very cool. Okay, here's my last one. Fact or fantasy. The Welch's Grape Juice Bar was open for 25 years in Fantasyland. Hmm. You pulled out some couple of hard ones. <laughs> fact. <laughs> yes, it is. It is a fact. So it opened it, it opened in 1955 and then closed in 1980. It was located between Snow White and the Mickey Mouse Theater at the time, and they served grape juice, grape soda, grape sundaes, frozen grapes, and then something called Welchade. So I tried to figure out what Welchade was. In my mind, it was like maybe grape lemonade, you know, like yeah. a combination. It's not. It's like some sort of canned beverage that you could take. And it's huh. called a grape drink in quotation marks and only contain 10% actual juice. So 90%, oh. I'm not sure. Sugar, <laughs> corn syrup, I don't know. Yellow but, dye number four. <laughs> yeah, so Welch has um, sponsored Disneyland and they had that location, but they also had a monopoly on any type of grape flavored anything in the park. So if any of the restaurants served something that was grape flavored, it had to be marked Welch's. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. I'm, I love the whole frozen grapes thing. I love frozen grapes, especially mm-hmm. when it's hot. But that's a whole lot of grape. Grape. Yeah. I do not it. like grape flavor. I like grapes as a fruit, but grape flavored stuff has always been so disgusting to me. Just like, you know, strawberry also, flavored stuff doesn't taste like strawberries. You know what I mean? Like, no. I don't handle grape flavor. I'm like, has no, has the person who invented the grape flavor ever tasted an actual grape? I know. And I saw someone post that grape flavor does not taste like grape. It tastes like purple. Yes, and that yes, makes so just, much sense to I me. I was just about to say that when I think of what purple would taste like, it's that awful fake grape flavor. Yes. No, completely. Yeah. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's interesting. I did not know. Yeah. So I like that. And it almost reminds me, you know, how like whenever they serve min or a lemonade market minute because mm-hmm. minute made has like a monopoly on the lids. Yeah, so so the sponsorships in that way, they're like paying Disney to be in their parks, but they also have all their their branding. So yeah, exactly. All right. So my last one is actually one of my favorite facts I've ever learned. 
Um, in Magic Kingdom, there is a hidden Mickey that can be found only one day out of the year. Ooh. I'm going to say fact, and I want to know more. It is a fact. So well, I'll read you what they wrote because I thought it was very interesting. So it's in the queue for the Journey to the Little Mermaid. Okay. So the Imagineers created a rock formation in the queue that will create a hidden Mickey on the floor of the queue precisely at the time on November 18th. Hmm. And it's so special because that's Mickey's birthday. Oh. So the way they created the rock formations, it's like the way that the sun hits it only on November 18th, it creates a hidden Mickey. Seriously. Like Imagineers are brilliant. I never would think of stuff like that. Like how incredible is that? I know. And I thought that was one of my, one of my favorite. I think that's one of the best hidden Mickeys that I've heard of for sure. Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. Well, now we're going to have to go on that November 18th and try to find it and figure out how many people are probably (laughs) hanging out around the little mermaid around that time. I know. Right. Just to see. Oh, exciting. All right. So we have some more fun for you coming up next. We're going to actually dive into all the different restaurants, snack cards, different treats and yummy things you can find in Fantasyland after this break. Thinking about planning a dream Disney vacation? Let the Mickey Travels team help. Our services are always free. Mickey Travels, an authorized Disney vacation planner, is proud to be one of the select few travel agencies in the world that has been designated by Disney destinations with platinum earmark status. Mickey Travels personalizes each client's Disney vacation based on their specific needs and wants. Do you want to plan a vacation to Walt Disney World? Disneyland? How about a Disney cruise? Or maybe Alani? Or what about taking an Adventures by Disney vacation? Whatever your Disney vacation preference is, be confident knowing that you've selected the best Disney travel agency to make your vacation truly magical. If you are ready to make unforgettable Disney memories, contact me at 480-390-2571 or Sheena at mickeytravels.com. That's S-H-E-E-N-A at mickeytravels.com. All right. Welcome back after a little break. So now we are going to get into all of the tasty treats that we can find in Fantasyland, both at Disneyland and Magic Kingdom. So we're going to start with the Disneyland portion, and there are no table service available at Disneyland. So it's just quick service. So we'll go through all of the uh, little places we have over here. So first I have Edelweiss. Edelweiss. It's spelled Edelweiss, but because it's like the Swiss, I'm saying it's Edelweiss. It's got to be Edelweiss. Yeah. Yeah. So Edelweiss Snacks is a little stand that's right next to the Matterhorn, um, which Sheena said she's going to capitalize on when it's the Merry Matterhorn. Matterhorn. That's where you'll get your Swiss hot cocoa. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yes. We have it all planned out. Little mugs, travel mugs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. With Harold in his Christmas sweater. Yes, Absolutely. Um, so they have turkey legs. They have the beef and bean chimichanga, uh, corn on the cob, which you can get either buttered or chili lime. And chili lime sounds delicious to me. They have prepackaged chips. And then they have a selection of slushy beverages. 
which I think they put there to kind of, you know, tie in with like the snow and the icy of the Matterhorn. So they have a cherry flavor, blue raspberry or apple. Um, And then they have bottled water, hot cocoa, coffee, uh, typical drinks. So some healthier options if you're keto or high protein, obviously the turkey leg like we've talked about before. And then the corn on the cob. Um, If you want it healthier or vegan, you can just get it without the butter. So that's always an option. Nice. Well, I feel like they kind of missed out there. They should have had like a slushy or an icy like Harold's Revenge or something mm-hmm. like a Yeti. Yeah. Yeti flavored. Yeah. With like a little uh, a Yeti flavor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I picture it with like white and blue and then maybe some red like dots for his eyes or you know what I mean? Like yeah, some red candy or like Harold's Revenge. <laughs> you imagine tasting it and you're like, mm, tastes like Yeti. Tastes like a Yeti. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't think that would be a huge hit. No. All right. <laughs> um, let's see. So we have Maurice's Treats is the next place. So this is a little snack cart named after Belle's dad. So they have, they pretty much specialize in donuts. So the first kind is Maurice's Pieces. <laughs> I, just, I love I that so, so cute. much. So cute. So these are donut holes. So they have chocolate cake donuts or french toast donut holes which sound delicious Mm -hmm. they have churro gears which look like little gears because her dad is an inventor and these are donuts that are frosted or tossed in a cinnamon sugar not frosted i've heard these are delicious Mm -hmm. and then the last one is the cogworth cogsworth cakes which are cake donuts so all three of these the pieces the gears and the cakes can all be tossed in a choice of house made sugar they have a powdered sugar cinnamon sugar, butter cookie sugar, and peanut butter and jelly sugar, which I think the peanut mm-hmm. butter and jelly one sounds delicious. See, I'm I'm tempted by that butter cookie one. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. That does sound good. Um, and then, so they have a, I put a question mark next to it. They have a specialty sandwich, question mark, <laughs> because everywhere I looked does not specify what kind of sandwich this is. I even okay. tried pulling up pictures of the menu and it just says specialty sandwich. So I don't mm-hmm. know if it's a, if it's always changing, like if they have like seasonal sandwiches and stuff there. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what this sandwich is. I've looked everywhere on Google for it. I couldn't find it. Okay. Well, while you're talking, I'm going to pull up the Maurice's Treats menu and see if anything comes up. Okay. When I did look it up, it was mostly just pictures of the donuts. But if you can find the sandwich. Oh, you're you- right. So I have the menu pulled up right now. And it has everything you're talking about. And then it says specialty sandwich. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's it. So let me see. I can't. Yeah, you can't click on it. Hmm. Yes. If you've had this, please tell us what is the specialty sandwich? I'm assuming it's probably something simple, you know, that they like swap out. Maybe they do like a turkey and cheese, like a ham and cheese. I don't know. Hmm. But I'd be curious to know. Yeah. They also have um, these bagel twists which look delicious. So the one that they highlight the most is the garlic cheddar bagel twist that you can get a side of marinara. Mm. Um, but I have, I believe in the past when their menu was more extensive, they have like a, um, like a chocolate twist and a fruit, Ooh. like a fruit twist. That sounds good. So those do look good. And then for specialty drinks, they have a butter and jelly slush and a boysen apple freeze, which is vegan. And so it's kind of, it looks very pretty. It looks kind of tie-dye. So they take it up and they put like the boysenberry along the side. It's like a boysenberry syrup. And then they put an apple slush in the middle. 
Nice. This sounds good. So it does sound good. So that is it for Maurice's treats. Now I want to get some Maurice's pieces just because it's really cute. <laughs> it does sound really cute. Um, so not too far from there is the Red Rose Tavern, which is a Beauty and the Beast themed quick service. So Magic Kingdom has the full Be Our Guest experience with the sit-down restaurant. But over at Disneyland, we get the tavern, which still the decor in there is amazing. Mm-hmm. They have like one side of it looks like the tavern where Gaston hangs out and there's like antlers everywhere and, you know, a big fireplace. And then they have another area that's more dedicated to Belle and the Beast that has stained glass. And they have um, like the decor around. They have like teapots and I know it's really cute, but they actually have, if you look, they have a Mrs. Potts that looks like the one from the live action movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I like how they meshed the animated classic with the live action, because mm-hmm. I want to say in each room, like the real Cogsworth from the live action is in one of the mm-hmm. rooms and the real Lumiere too, which yeah. I tried looking for the last time I was there and I could only find the Mrs. Potts and Chip. I don't yeah. I find Cogsworth or Lumiere. So also super busy. And I felt bad, like over all these tables to I know, try to look for like Cogsworth. Staring at you because you're trying, trying to, to eat. Everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so I've gone in here for just like quick little snacks, but I was unaware that they serve breakfast up until I was researching and their breakfast sounds amazing. So they have a beast's breakfast burger, which is a patty with maple rosemary cream cheese, mm. bacon, scrambled eggs, and they serve it with waffle fries. So oh, that just that, that sounds, sounds delicious. delicious. Yeah. Uh-huh. That sounds like something we might need to share for a breakfast. Because mm-hmm. I feel like having a big fat burger, like the whole thing. It would be oh, really yeah, heavy no. on my stomach first yeah, thing. Yeah, just like half because you need to save room for all the treats. Mm-hmm, exactly. They also have a garden veggie hash, which has mushrooms, tomatoes, kale, potatoes, scrambled eggs, a honey, lemon, mascarpone, and a croissant, which I love on their menu. They call it a petite croissant, Aww. which is so cute. <laughs> um, they have a Mickey-shaped pancake. They have stuffed French toast filled with orange marmalade cream cheese topped with a berry compote, a breakfast platter that you can get with eggs, potatoes, bacon or sausage, and a petite croissant. Hmm. So obviously, if you're wanting healthier for breakfast, the garden veggie hash is a great option. If you have, um, if you're on a keto diet, you can just ask for without the potatoes and the croissant, and then it's pretty much just veggies and eggs, which is a great option. Mm-hmm. So moving on to their lunch and dinner which also sounds amazing. They have a, I, I want to say it was called the Beast Forbidden Pastrami Burger. So it's a patty with um, shaved pastrami, Swiss cheese, pickles, and mustard. So it kind of reminds me of like a, kind of like a Cuban. Now they do like the Cuban, yeah, the mix of like the, the ham. flavors, with the, yeah. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. They have a basic cheeseburger, beef poutine, which comes oh, with obviously the gravy. Good. I didn't realize that they had poutine at Disneyland. I know it's a thing at Disney uh-huh. World, like in Epcot and stuff, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So it has the out. gravy with onions and cheese curds. Now, I know Sheena is not a huge fan of the idea of this next one. I think it sounds delicious, but it's a cauliflower sandwich. Nope. So it's a... <laughs> <laughs> they have a... It's a grilled cauliflower steak with chili lime aioli lettuce tomato on a roll yeah, which i think is not steak you cannot <laughs> call it a steak it's also not pizza 
It's also not rice. Okay. A cauliflower <laughs> slab. Does that sound better? <laughs> mm, yum. I think it sounds delicious, but this is actually, if you get it without the aioli, vegan options on the list of certified vegan foods. So if you want a a sandwich, I guess that's a great option. Um, the, oh, the Lumiere's chicken sandwich sounds amazing. It comes with an apple slaw, onion, bacon, jam, and fried cherry peppers. That does so sound that good. sounds amazing. You can get a chopped salad with chicken or you can get it without if you would like. Uh, they offer a couple flatbreads. They have garden mozzarella and pepperoni, uh, chicken nuggets, fries, and they have palm frites. So I'd be oh, curious to see free. how these compare. Yeah, we should get those and then go over to Cafe Orleans and do mm-hmm. a comparison. Exactly. Yes. Um, which would be nice if they were comparable because Cafe Orleans need a reservation. Is hard to get into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she. I think Sheena is a palm frites connoisseur, pretty uh, season or experience with the palm frites. <laughs> I love palm frites. They're so good. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, of course, you can get for dessert, they gray stuff, which it is delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, so at Disneyland, it's a little bit different the way that they serve the gray stuff. And I, Sheena will talk about the gray stuff over at the Be Our Guest restaurant. So they serve it. It's a white chocolate mousse, but they serve it on top of a red velvet cake with a raspberry center. Um, over at Be Our Guest, it's more just like in a little cup, the mousse. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about the raspberry center. I like red velvet cake, mm-hmm. but the raspberry center is kind of I feel like, do, why do we need to add fruit and stuff? Like, no. you don't have to just like ruin stuff with fruit. Mm-mm, no. Mm. But the gray stuff is very tasty. It almost looks kind of like you ground up um, like a cookies and cream is what it looks like to me, but it's mostly white chocolate. And then they have kids options. They have a turkey sandwich or a power pack, which are on those Disney check approved that we've talked about before. So it has, you know, the good balanced nutrition for your kiddos. Um, they also offer cheese pizza, hamburger, chicken nuggets, and mac and cheese for a wide variety of, you know, picky kiddos. I know chicken nuggets and mac and cheese are usually at the top of I the mean, list. Yeah, you can't go wrong. So if you are wanting healthier, again, we talked about the garden veggie hash for breakfast. They have the chopped salad that you can get with or without chicken. And then the cauliflower sandwich, if you get it without the aioli, is vegan. So those are some good options. And I need to eat more food at the Red Rose Tavern. I know. I really, I feel like we've passed by it. We've gone in. Yeah, maybe a snack here or there. But yeah, I, yeah, we need to make this uh, a priority. It used to be, um, was the Pinocchio themed, remember? Mm-hmm, the Village Hoss. Yeah. yeah. I remember eating in there quite a bit of time, yes. like getting the sausages and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So I remember eating, but I, you would think I've been in there and I've checked out the decor, but I've only gotten like, and gotten. Well, it's hard like, because there's so many great places to eat at Disneyland that like, you know, you can't eat everywhere in one trip. So. We'll just have right. to make it a priority. Yes. But see, when Particularly we're doing land the, APs, the I think what we should be doing is each trip we focus on a land and try like everything in that specific land. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I'm just going to be full of a breakfast burger and Marisa's pieces. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the cog donuts and yes. our donut gears or churro gears or whatever they're called. Yeah. And then from our last spot, I will definitely – 
beginning things Ooh, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Troubadour Tavern. So this is back um, towards the area of the Royal Hall and the Royal Fair. So it's back there. It's a pavilion style tent, kind of like a medieval themed. So they specialize. They have a bratwurst sausage on a brioche bun. And that comes with bacon sauerkraut, which mm. just the sauerkraut by itself sounds amazing. Yeah. They also offer stuffed baked potatoes, which I am here for. Yeah, and those things are humongous. Like the, mm-hmm. they're shareable for sure. They're huge. Yeah, they are huge. So the flavors that you can get in the baked potatoes are broccoli cheddar, barbecue chicken, or bacon sour cream. They all offer yes. a yep. uh-huh, uh-huh, yes to all. <laughs> um, they offer a turkey leg, but it's a bar turkey leg, so they do put some barbecue on the outside. Hmm. One's very tasty to me, but also turkey legs by themselves are already extremely messy. Yeah. And I always think about, okay, I don't know if this happens to you, but like, you know, when you're at a place, I don't know, even restaurants, but like they're the cheap paper napkins, right? Yes. And I feel like when I'm eating turkey and my fingers are greasy and like I get chunks of napkins stuck to my Uh finger, I'm picturing it being like way worse with the barbecue Mm -hmm. situation. So yeah, Yeah. I think I'm going to pass on that one. I would have to be like near a bathroom. So as soon as I was done, I can go wash my hands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so last couple of options, they have a jumbo pretzel and they also have, um, Olaf's frozen lemonade strawberry bar. So you can have a little Olaf themed tree if you would like. And then their specialty drink, they have an enchanted cherry apple lemonade, which mm. sounds pretty good. That's an interesting mm. combo, cherry apple. So I think that'd be good. Um, then for kids, they have that power pack available that's on the Disney check options. So they have a few, quite a few good little stands, not as many stands as the previous lands we've talked about, but I feel like with the options they give, you have a pretty well-rounded selection. Yeah, definitely. Well, in Magic Kingdom, they have quite a few places that you can grab things at. So they have quite a few quick service and then they have two table service. So um, I'm going to start with the two that are currently unavailable due to, you know, the pandemic. Um, the first one is called Big Top Treats, and this one isn't even really like a full restaurant or anything. It's just inside the Big Top Souvenirs tent, and it's a counter that has um, like the character apples, caramel apples, cake pops, caramel corn, brownies, cookies, crispy treats, and they have something called Goofy's Glaciers, which are slushy treats. So kind of like um, a candy palace or a confectionery, just like a small little candy counter that they have, um, in that Dumbo circus top area. Mm-hmm. Um, they, this one is my favorite, this little snack card called the Cheshire cafe, which is unavailable currently. Um, it's a small stand near the mad tea party and you can get a raspberry or lemonade slushy orange juice, cold brew coffee, hot tea, bottled water, and pastries, including the infamous Cheshire cattail, which is a warm chocolate chip twisted pastry. And it has like these purple and pink icing drizzle. So, you know, it looks like the Cheshire cat's tail. Um, Nicole and I shared one of those last time we were there and it was really good. And even though it's um, the Cheshire cafe is unavailable, you can get this. I want to say at Tomorrowland Terrace. They have it. Yeah. So you can find it in other locations, thankfully, because I think it is such a popular treat. It is really tasty. 
Um, this next one is actually, uh, Cole's favorite location. This has his name like written all over it. Um, I can t- is- I'm, I'm just looking at the list of the stuff. Yeah. I'm like, this is 100% <laughs> your son's choice. Uh, for sure. So this is called the, uh, Friar's Nook and it's a window service location between storybook treats and the princess fairy tale hall. And it operates on a seasonal basis. But every time I've been, it's been open. So I'm not sure when it's closed. Um, But yeah, so this window serves hot dogs with tater tots. They have a plant-based brat with tots, which is really cool. They also have loaded buffalo Mm. chicken tots, which is- There it is. My son right there. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. They have creamy bacon macaroni and cheese tots creamy bacon macaroni and cheese just by itself and then they have a kids pb and j uncrustable meal or tots and cheese sauce for kids mm. um, but they also have you know all the fountain drinks milk bottled water coffee um, you can also get cold brew coffee there with vanilla or caramel and hot cocoa so they have quite an assortment there yeah this sounds like um 100%. As soon as you said buffalo chicken tots, I was like, that's Cole, 100%. Yeah. The way that he is about like his buffalo and his hot sauce, mm-hmm. that definitely sounds like him. But I'm sorry, creamy bacon, macaroni, and cheese tots? I know, right? So I've already got it planned out for when we're there in April. Like we're going to be, you know, when we're in Liberty Square, we're going to have to get um, – from the Sleepy Hollow, we're going to have to get the different waffles, the like the Nutella and fruit waffle. We're going to have to get mm-hmm. the chicken, um, sweet and spicy chicken waffle. And then we're going to have to come over here and get these bacon mac and cheese tots. Oh, it's yes. just, I am so excited. Like I cannot wait. We're, so yes, the Friars gain, like, sounds delicious. <laughs> 20 pounds just trying, but you know, we do it for you guys. We're doing we do. it for the pod. It's all, it's all for you. Not for us. <laughs> We I do love that it. they have a the plant-based though. Yeah, the That's plant-based nice. brought. Yeah, I feel like a lot of places are having really good plant-based or gluten-free alternatives for people who need it. So which again uh, for places like this that serve like sandwiches, hot dogs, stuff like that. Um, if you are gluten-free, always ask if they have the option. Cause so I know we had talked more in depth about it, like back in our Main Street episode, but most places that serve hot dog sandwiches, they do have Um, gluten-friendly buns. buns. So just ask and make sure that they have them. And if it's more than just a preference, if it's an allergy or, um, you know, like celiacs, then just let them know that and they can get it from a different place. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Disney is so accommodating, even if they didn't have it, they would find it for you. So Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, so we have Gaston's Tavern, which is a cozy little lodge in the Enchanted Forest near the Be Our Guest restaurant, and it has snacks and drinks, including the infamous warm cinnamon roll, which is gigantic and delicious, and you can get extra sides of frosting because so many people were asking for it. They have it in prepackaged tubs for you just to, like, get extra frosting, so yes to that. Um, they have, <laughs> they have the BR guest presents the gray stuff cupcake, um, which looks really pretty. So it's like a chocolate cupcake and it has the gray stuff on top, which looks mm-hmm. like you said, like the Oreo cookie and cream that has crispy pearls. So 
that looks really delicious. They also have LeFou's Brew, which is frozen apple juice with toasted marshmallow syrup and passion fruit mango foam. So this is like an infamous drink there. I've never had it. It sounds interesting, the mix of flavors, but I'm intrigued. So, um, but you can get this served in a souvenir stein, which is really cool. They also have fountain drinks, orange juice, apple juice, chocolate milk, hot tea, and coffee. So all the beverages you could want. I love the uh, the decoration outside too. How they have the fountain that's mm-hmm. it's a tribute to Gaston from Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I love, and Gaston's actually a fun character to meet um, mm-hmm. because he truly is just like how, how he is in the movie. And I always yeah. loved Lafu. I thought he was so sweet and such a good friend. Like Gaston, was yes. Lovely. And I thought, I mean, I absolutely loved the live action. I loved. Josh Gad as the oh, food. I for thought it sure. was 100%. the perfect casting. I love so Josh funny. Gad in general. I want Josh Gad yeah. to be my best friend. So right. if you're listening, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we also have um, Pinocchio Village Haas, H-A-U-S. <laughs> That's how I picture Oops. you're supposed to say that. <laughs> um, and this is like the place where you go if you have picky children or adult eaters because they have mm-hmm. something for everybody, not super adventurous. Um, so this is located across from Prince Charming Regal Carousel. And it has a picture window that overlooks the, it's a small world loading dock, which is really cool. So something fun to look at. They have four different flatbreads, including cheese, margarita, meat lovers, and pepperoni. They have an antipasta salad, chicken strips. They have a plant-based cheese pizza, which is really nice. They have breadsticks, um, tomato basil soup, French fries, and a side salad. So um, really good options for the kids menu. They have Uncrustables. They have kids flatbreads, kids chicken strips, and their desserts include chocolate gelato and Dannon light and fit Greek yogurt. But to me, that's not dessert. I don't want light. Oh, if you give a kid an dessert. option, what do you want for dessert? Gelato or light and fit yogurt? <laughs> if you have a kid that chooses light and fit yogurt, I give I mean, you kudos yeah, for that parenting. Good for because- you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the one thing that I really loved about this restaurant is that they have the gluten-free flatbread options in all of the flavors. So they have the gluten-free crust available. They also have a gluten-free any pasta salad. They have gluten-free chicken breast nuggets with French fries. Um, all of the kids meals have gluten-free options except for the Uncrustables. Um, so that's really good. They also have gluten-free cookies and brownies. They have a gluten-free chocolate gelato. They also have entrees that are egg allergy friendly, fish and shellfish allergy friendly, milk allergy friendly, peanut tree nut allergy friendly, and soy allergy friendly. So if you are a kiddo or you have any of these types of allergies, hit up Pinocchio Village House in Fantasyland because this place has really good options for you. I say that's some of the best gluten-free options that we found in a restaurant. Mm-hmm, exactly. With, by far. Yeah. And it has so much variety. So this is definitely the place for you. And the gluten-free chicken nuggets is a huge thing, mm-hmm. especially for picky kids. And if you have a picky eater who has celiacs, then yeah. you can, I mean, who doesn't love chicken nuggets? Yeah. Side note, I found really good gluten-free chicken nuggets at Trader Joe's. They're in a light blue bag. So <laughs> I don't know. Right if you know. 
Just wanting some gluten-free chicken nuggets, Trader Joe's. All right, so um, Prince Eric's Village Market right now is currently unavailable, but when it does open, it is across from the under under the sea journey of the Little Mermaid, and it's a snack spot, kind of like the Liberty Market, you know. Mm-hmm area where they have um, a turkey leg with chips. They have a mermaid donut, which sounds really Mm -hmm. fun. It's a yeast donut with purple icing and sprinkles topped with white chocolate treasures from Ariel's Grotto. Oh, you need one. I know, I need that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They have a jumbo pretzel with or without cheese. And like we said, all the pretzels are vegan. So that's a good option. They have chocolate chip cookie. They have pickles, grapes, I thought that was kind of random, like pickles yeah. and grapes. Um, they also have frozen Coke slushies that include green apple, vanilla, cherry, watermelon, and red passion fruit flavors. And they have frozen blue raspberry slush, frozen grape slush, and different bottled beverages. So nice. Yeah. So when that opens up, I'm going to have to check out that mermaid donut. It sounds really, really So fun. these Coke slushies. So the flavors that you listed are on top of like the Coke flavor. So it's I like, don't like a green apple Coke slushie. I'm not sure. In my mind, I was just visualizing, you know, like. Um, like just a cherry. basic slushie. Yeah. Except for like okay. cherry. I could see like vanilla Coke or cherry Coke. Right. Like those would be. Coke. I know you said watermelon. I was like. Mm. Yeah. I feel like that would be an interesting combination, but I think it's yeah. probably just the watermelon flavor. Gotcha. Okay. Um. I'm not sure that we'll have to check that out. And then um, the last quick service is called Storybook Treats. And it's a window nestled up next to the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And this is where you get your soft serve ice cream. So they have Dole Whip Lime, Chocolate, Vanilla, or Swirl. And they serve those in a cup. They also have um, Strawberry Sundae, Hot Fudge Sundae. And they have Vanilla, Chocolate, or Swirl floats that you can do with any choice of their fountain beverages. So you get a pick. And then they have uh, fountain beverages and bottled water. And I believe this is where you can get that Peter Pan float that I've seen so much, which is Mm. the Dole Whip Lime with Sprite, I believe. And then they put like this little red feather in it that I think is made out of white chocolate. Yeah. So I think this is where you're going to get your seasonal floats. Um, They also had one that was like an Ursula float where it was like cream cheese soft serve with yes. Grapes or something. Yeah. I don't know. I, there were mixed reviews on that one. So, so is the Dole Whip lime? Cause I know all Dole Whip is vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, is the Dole Whip lime considered it did not vegan? Say. Okay. Yeah. It didn't say I'm not positive, so I don't want to say for sure, but yeah. So that'd be something to look yeah. into if you are vegan. Cause I know most Dole Whip by themselves are, so mm-hmm. I don't know if they just add like, add like a lime sorbet or if it has like, you know, like an ice cream base. Yeah. I'm not sure because the Dole Whip coconut is not vegan. That one right. has dairy, which is shocking because you think they would use coconut milk, but for yeah. whatever reason they use dairy. So I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. All right. And at uh, Magic Kingdom, they have two table service. And honestly, these are probably the hardest restaurants to get reservations for because they are so exclusive and popular. So the first one is the Be Our Guest restaurant, which is themed um, as Beast's Castle. So the different rooms are the main ballroom, 
the West Wing and the Castle Gallery. Um, at this time, they currently are not serving breakfast. Now, before COVID and everything, they would have quick service breakfast, quick service lunch, and then it was a sit-down dinner where it's kind of like a prefix menu. Mm -hmm. But they are not serving breakfast right now, and lunch and dinner are both the same prefix menu. So this one is more expensive currently because it's the more expensive meal for what you can get. Right. Um, so when it reopens again with breakfast, we will definitely let you know what they have. Um, but currently the menu starts with, you can choose, um, artisanal cheeses, French onion soup, lobster bisque, or mixed field greens as your appetizer. The entrees include, um, I don't know how to say this poulet. It looks like poulet rouge chicken, which is um, a savory bread pudding and seasonal vegetables with a chicken gloss, glaze. Glossé. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Glossé. <laughs> um, it honest, to me, it sounds like a glorified pot pie, kind of. Yeah. The way that it was but. described. Um, they also have roasted corn and spinach tortellini, which is plant-based. So that's a good option. They have herb salted pork tenderloin. They have a center cut filet mignon and they have pan seared sea scallops. So all of those sound great and they come with their own delicious side. And then the desserts include lemon jam macaron. Um, their gray stuff, like you said, is served differently. It's served in a white chocolate chip cup. So it's shaped like chip. And then mm -hmm. the gray stuff comes inside of it with crisp pearls on top. They also have a dark chocolate truffle and vanilla cake with lemon curd. And then at this restaurant, they also have the kids create your own meals where the kids choose, you know, their appetizer, entree, and dessert. Um, and you can also get beer and wine here. And I would say the healthiest options are probably the mixed fields greens with the roasted corn and spinach tortellini, which would be all plant-based. So, yeah. Um, I, yeah. So we got reservations for be our guests when we went for my graduation um, trip. And I definitely, it's, you're paying for the experience mm -hmm. for sure. The food was not bad. It was, I mean, it was good. It wasn't like the best food I've ever eaten at the parks, but you're paying the atmosphere. And we were in, I think we were in the ballroom. I really wanted the West Wing. Obviously, you can't really be ticky where you reservation. Um, the West Wing, you can walk through the restaurant and see the different areas. Um, but they like the West Wing, it goes from being light with like the picture of um, Prince Adam up on the wall, and then it'll kind of flicker and go dark a little bit, like it's storming side, and the picture changes to the beast with like slashes through it. So it has like all these different, um, fun, like, yeah, and then there's and like the rose. Mm -hmm. that you can see like the falling down but we did see we were in the ballroom um beast does walk around while people are eating yeah this is the so that was fun you can see the actual beast yeah mm -hmm. so he comes out and he uh he rotates i want to say every 20 minutes he'll come out and right now obviously he's not stopping to like give hugs or sign autographs but he will walk by and you can say stuff to him and he'll wave and interact with your table so yeah it's really fun and exciting so so yeah. it was 
it was a fun experience. And then of course out front they have like, I have a, I've, I'll put it on our Instagram, but there's like the stained glass with like the Prince and bell that are dancing. And it's just the atmosphere. I was, I was my best life. I was so excited to be there. <laughs> so I, I haven't done it yet, but I'm picturing like, you know, the opening scene in beauty and the beast with that enchanted music kind of where they mm-hmm. show the waterfall. Do they have that playing? Tell me they have that playing when you're walking up because that would really just make it for me. You know, I can't remember, so I don't want to say yes or no for sure. Oh, man. But I wouldn't it, be surprised if they did. Yeah. I just love that opening music. Okay. So the the last table service at Walt Disney World is Cinderella's Royal Table. And this is going to be your toughest reservation and your most expensive meal. Like this is where you're going to drop a pretty penny. And really you're paying for the experience of being in Cinderella's castle. And it's actually pretty small on the inside, which is why reservations are so hard to get because the capacity is pretty limited, especially right now. Um, So make sure right now there is a 60 day window to make your reservation. So make sure you get on right at that 60 day. If you want even a shot at this restaurant, it used to be 180 days, but currently it's 60 days. So on February 13th, Shelby, we need to make sure we get on and get our reservations. So yes. Which is coming really quickly, actually. That is coming fast. Yeah. So um, Cinderella's Royal Table has um, high ceilings. It's a majestic hall. And the host and hostesses wear Renaissance-inspired clothing. And they refer to the guests as my lady or my lord, which is really fun, especially (laughs) for kids. Like, how cute. And currently, they're only serving lunch and dinner. Adults are $62 each and kids are $37 each. And this is a full meal that includes an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert. And then your drinks, unless you want to order alcohol, that would be separate. Also, you need to pay gratuity separately. Um, I don't know. I I mean, I'm not saying that it's cheap, okay? But I was expecting more than $62 for an adult. Well, I think now that we know about Club 33 and how expensive things can be, you know what I mean? Like in the grand scheme of things. But if I think about if I go to a nice restaurant and I share an appetizer, I have a good meal and I have, you know, a few drinks, I could easily drop that amount. So, oh yeah, I think the problem is, is that the quality doesn't quite match the price. However, I feel like you're paying more for the atmosphere of eating in Cinderella Castle, right? Right. So it's a trade-off. So as far as your appetizer choices, they have a charcuterie plate. Um, They have a castle salad that has mixed greens, toasted pumpkin seeds, golden raisins, yuck, apples, Mm. and maple balsamic vinaigrette. Um, And this is a plant-based salad. So that's good to know that you have a plant-based option. Um, They also have entrees, including chickpea panisse. Not sure what this is, but it's plant-based. And in my mind, it's some sort of fried something with chickpeas. You know what I mean? But I yeah. don't really know what panisse is. Um, a roasted chicken breast. They have tenderloin of beef, chef's fish of the day, and they have a braised lamb shank. And their desserts sound so cute. So they have the Jacques and Gus seasonal whipped cheesecake. They have the Clock Strikes 12, which is dark chocolate mousse with chocolate ganache and raspberry coulis. 
And they have the coffee pots de creme, which is coffee infused coconut custard with passion fruit jelly and crumbled chocolate espresso beans, which is a plant-based dessert. Yeah. That which that's delicious. That does sound good. Um, and then the kids have create your own meals, including sliced apples, cheddar cheese and grapes, fish, beef tenderloin, chicken nuggets, mac and cheese, veggies, rice pilaf, mashed potatoes, buttered corn. And then they have a build your own cupcake, which is a vanilla cupcake with Cinderella's blue icing and decorations, which is oh, so cute. fun for the kids. Yeah. Um, or they have a yogurt parfait and seasonal sorbet. And you can get alcohol. So I would say the healthiest options here would be the plant-based meal, which you would start with the castle salad. You would get the chickpea panisse and you would finish with the coffee pots de creme. So so uh. looking at, I just looked up a panisse and they almost looked like, they kind of look like, here, I'll show you a picture. They look like French toast sticks almost. Huh. But okay. like how they're formed, it's, so it'd be chickpea. It's pretty much like, let's see in this recipe, it's water, olive oil, salt, and chickpea flour. Hmm. So pretty much like little, little, uh, little bricks of toast. They almost look like in the picture, you guys, they look like, like French toast sticks, but it's but like savory, the, obviously. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Well, there you go. At least you have a vegan option. Or if you don't want to do vegan, you can get, you know, fresh fish of the day. You could get the salad, focus on veggies, um, apple slices for the kids. So there definitely are healthier options there, which there should be for how much you are paying. They should have options for everybody. Mm -hmm. I don't know about gluten-free though. So you would have to ask your server. I would call ahead of time just to double check what their gluten-free menu is because for Cinderella's Royal Table, you have to pay in advance. So when you make Got your it. reservation, you're paying for your spot ahead of time. And I would hate for you to pay 62 bucks for yourself and then go and then they don't have a gluten-free option. So yeah. I would call and ask a cast member about that for sure. But knowing Disney, I'm sure they, and for being such a high price restaurant, they mm -hmm. have to have some sort of gluten-free. Yeah. But yeah, maybe definitely check like, for sure. Yeah. Maybe the chef would create something special for you, but yeah, I always double check with a cast member ahead of time because they can give you the best guidance on gluten-free, vegan, allergy-friendly all of that. So yeah. that definitely uh, wraps up all of our fantasy land food locations. That was actually a lot more than I thought. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of new things that I want to try. And honestly, I never gave fantasy land its dues when it came to food, because in my mind, New Orleans Square has incredible food. Adventureland has really great food options. I never thought like, oh, Fantasyland, this is where I want to go eat. But now right. after hearing all these, I'm super excited. So show me I know, I'm the same way. one must new thing that you want to try in Fantasyland. Are we talking about in April when we go or? In general. So it can be for when Disneyland opens or when we go in April to Magic Kingdom. Okay. So I have one for each. Oh, perfect. Okay. So Disneyland the Red Rose Tavern. I really want to try this breakfast burger. Okay. Just sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. Disney World. I need to take a page out of Cole's book and go to the Friar's Nook and get these tots. <laughs> okay. So I would say in Disneyland, um, I really, yeah, I really do want to go try that Red Rose Tavern, but I've never tried that garlic 
bagel twist from Mm. Maurice's. So that's going to be my number one try in Disneyland. And then I want to say when we're in Magic Kingdom, I agree with you. The Friar's Nook, the bacon mac and cheese tots, like I am all about trying that for sure. And a trial of Foo's brew because I haven't had one. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back with some fantasy land inspired treats. Mm. Snacks. All right. We are back to talk about some fantasy land inspired treats. And both of these recipes actually come from the Disney parks blog. So these are legit Disney recipes. So that's super exciting. Um, the first thing now, We picked these recipes because I feel like in both Disneyland and Magic Kingdom, there's quite a bit of Beauty and the Beast influence with the Red Rose Tavern and Gaston's and Be Our Guest. So we decided to go with a Beauty and the Beast theme. Um, So our first recipe is called the Simple at Home Gray Stuff Recipe. And what you'll need for this, you'll need whole milk, instant vanilla pudding mix, You need Oreo cookies. It does say 15 chocolate sandwich cookies, but in my mind, a chocolate sandwich cookie is an Oreo. Like there's no Mm -hmm. substitute. You have to use Oreos. Um, You use uh, whipped topping, instant chocolate pudding, and then you make um, some sugar cookies and edible sugar pearls. So, I mean, it's actually reading all the directions. There are only six steps. So this seems fairly simple compared to our last really involved lobster nacho recipe that took me literally (laughs) hours to make. It was delicious, but it took a very long time. So I'm excited to try the gray stuff recipe. I think it'll be a fun one to try, but just to note, you do need, um, a few different kitchen tools that you might not have. So it wants you to have a piping bag, obviously, because you're going to be piping the gray stuff onto cookies. But if you don't have that, you can always make shift with a Ziploc bag. Mm-hmm. So like stuff it into a Ziploc and then cut off a corner and squeeze it out that way. It just doesn't have like a cool... Texture. texture. Yeah. Yeah. Where like a piping bag, you can do the different types of tips where you can make like a star or more petal shaped. So that's totally up to you, but I am excited to see how this gray stuff recipe turns out and it's pretty basic. Now it is made with milk. Um, I'm sure you could try it with like a plant-based milk and I'm sure there are plant-based instant puddings. And I know that Oreos are vegan. Um, but I don't know how the texture will turn out. So the texture is based off of full dairy products. So if you attempt to make this, but make your own vegan version, let us know how the texture turns out because I'm curious. You know what I would like to do is, so I think I'm going to try making this, Mm -hmm. but instead of just regular sugar cookies, I think I want to do, have you seen where they bake cookies on the bat on the, um, bottom part of a muffin tin so it makes little cups oh make like little sugar cookie cups okay and then fill it with the gray stuff so you have like a little cup of it oh that's cute yeah Yeah, see in my mind I was thinking of the gray stuff cupcake where it's like a chocolate cupcake and you pipe the gray stuff on top is like the frosting Mm -hmm. too so yeah yeah, there are a lot of cool variations we could do with this recipe so I'm excited to try it Shelby's going to try her own version we'll put up our pictures and if you give this one a shot make sure you tag us on Instagram because I would love to see people's different variations of this recipe Mm mm-hmm 
Um, so the next one that I'm very excited to try, so our drink of the week is we're going to make an at-home LeFou's brew, which I am really wanting to try a LeFou's brew. So maybe I'll try my own and then try one at the parks. And we can compare. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But seems simple enough. So you need frozen apple juice, water, mango juice, um, and then the Tarani syrups, you know, the kind that you use in like coffees and stuff. So they have mm-hmm. a toasted marshmallow flavor syrup, um, ice, heavy whipping cream, uh, some extra mango juice, passion fruit juice, and sugar. So it seems, I mean, again, only three steps, which yeah. I was used to our like pages and pages for the lobster nachos. I so. know. Oh my gosh. I know that one was just so involved, but yeah, these two seem like fairly simple um, and all the ingredients seem readily available. Now I do think the Tarani toasted marshmallow syrup, you will have to get on Amazon because I've Mm -hmm. seen the syrups at like my local grocery store. And, you know, they have the basic flavors like caramel and mocha and hazelnut, but I don't think I've seen toasted marshmallow. So Mm -hmm. if you want to try this, I think you may have to get it off of Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to try it. I, especially the, okay. So I'm not a huge mango person, but Mm -hmm mango in things might be a little different. So yeah. this mango whip topping, I don't know. I'm excited to try it. So I think I'm going to make a whole Beauty and the Beast day. I know. Just make a LaFou's brew. Of like a fun dinner maybe where you could have like come up with some different thing. I don't know. I'm going to have to really like look into it, but I think we're going to have to have a Beauty and the Beast themed dinner at our house. What, what are all the stuff they sing in the song? Uh, um, beef, beef ragu, cheese souffle. Pie and pudding on flambe. <laughs> so I just make a whole spread. And then my friend actually got me um, from the Disney Home Collection. It's a big serving plate with Lumiere on it that says oh, Be Our Guest. Oh, how fun. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. No, we're definitely going to have to do like a Beauty and the Beast themed Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wear so a bell outfit. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. All right. Well, we're so happy that you took the time to hang out with us today. Uh, Make sure to follow along with us on Instagram at Body by Beignets to get all of the delicious recipes we talk about on our show. Make sure if you do make any of the recipes we've talked about, take a picture and tag us on Instagram. We love following along with everybody. And we like to see how different people's recipes turn out. Yeah. Um, Cause I know we post pictures of like when I made the Brazilian cheese bread and Sheena made the waffles and everything, but we love to see if people try out our recipes that we provide that, you know, what yours look like compared to us. Yeah. So I want to, I, I hope there's someone out there who's going to try the um, lobster nachos and I want to see how theirs turn out too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was definitely involved and they were delicious. So I highly recommend trying those ones, but mm-hmm. um, if you love listening to our show, make sure you tell a friend and uh, rate and review us. That would greatly help other people find our podcast. And it's so fun. Shelby and I were talking. We had three new listeners in Japan and two listeners in Taiwan. So, Mm -hmm. so much fun that we're spreading Disney food magic all the way across the globe. So uh, make sure you rate and review. That way we can uh, reach as many people as possible. It's just so much fun getting to spend time with you all. It is. It's so crazy to see the different places that little hot spots pop up where people are downloading and it's super exciting. So if you've passed on word of mouth, thank you. Um, continue to do so and follow us on social media. Yeah. So thanks again for listening to our show, Body by Beignets, where Disney does a body good. Bye. Bye. Bye.